If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now, let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Week two is in the books. Thank goodness. Thank goodness this atrocity is over with, Mike. Nobody's going to get hurt on Tuesday because nobody really practices on Tuesday. My goodness, do I feel bad for fantasy football fans who had the likes of Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, or even for those that may have had Michael Thomas and thought, geez, maybe they could have taken advantage of that Raiders secondary. Injuries, the story of the National Football League as we are two weeks into this 2020 campaign it was absolutely absurd as you know uh you know on sundays we've got a full staff of editors everybody's fired up and ready to grab all the highlights you do red zone radio right so you got all the touchdowns flying and all the big plays from the early games and and they're just sitting down so 
they have a scramble moment right away as Mostert sprints for the 80-yard touchdown. I'm like, touchdown Niners. Like, wait, what the hell? Like, yeah, it kicked off and he sprinted. Get the audio. Come on, now. Turn it around. And they're like, wow, that was fast. I'm like, yeah, that's the way this works. And then update by update became injury and another big injury. And what happened in San Francisco? Hell, they did an investigation of the field to try to figure out what went wrong when you had to bring the, the, the cart ran out of gas. It was coming back for so many 49er players. Uh, just an absolute wasteland when it's all said and done. And, and, and it wrapped up a bunch of our fantasy stars. So it gets everybody nervous that this is the year of injuries. But also, guys like Paris Campbell, right? You picked him up saying, Yeah, breakthrough. And now he's done, so uh, indefinitely with a PCL injury. So it's one of those where you're just like, all right, now how do I go through? I told you before the season, man, handcuff, 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 and it's never been more true. Let's take a quick snapshot of what happened in Las Vegas on Monday night because the Michael Thomas absence was pretty apparent. And I'm not sure at how many people jumped on Emmanuel Sanders thinking, well, this is going to be a boost. Uh, it was not. Uh, you have severe concerns about Drew Brees going forward. Raiders were great, but we don't like to talk about great because you know great. You could see great. What worries you about number nine in the bayou going forward? with or without Michael Thomas on that team. Yeah, I mean, look, not that Drew Brees has ever been a wing-it-down-field guy with great regularity, right? His entire career has been defined by short and intermediate routes, not unlike Derek Carr across from him this this week, right? Is There are guys that, you know, you're not looking for air yardage. And Michael Thomas is certainly not an air yardage guy. I mean, we go back last week, last year, I was going through some of the numbers. I mean, Drew Brees was injured, but would you, you want to venture a guess how many passes he threw beyond 20 yards a year ago? Uh, I'll say... 20 25 okay and he missed five games <laughs> how about 2018 uh 35 48 but the, the point being i mean that's three a game sure i mean that's not that's not stretching the field that is work efficiently because the numbers are gaudy right so you would think oh big numbers that way no not at all you know and obviously we've watched him so we know it leans more towards the short plus yak in the vein of tom brady and the patriots but right now his timing is off and how much of that is a preseason that was truncated how much of that is age familiarity with some of these receivers but you know emmanuel sanders was there Right, they they had picked him up. Uh, Traquan Smith had been there. Uh, Jared Cook had been there. So I mean, it's all component parts. Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. So it's not like you brought in like four new guys that he's got to try to acclimate to. This isn't Brady going to Tampa. So that leaves me a little bit concerned because the Raiders stink defensively. Okay, there's no way to cut through that. They're not good, but they look pretty good against him today because the throws were off. And they were open throws that he missed. Alvin Kamara, 
I thought would pick up the slack, and it was the case. He had a great game tonight, fantasy-wise. On the other side, you mentioned Derek Carr. I, I, I am hesitant to give the rave reviews that so many made of him after. It is one game. Uh, the Saints defense didn't seem maybe like the Saints defense that I thought they would be. Uh, they, the Raiders battered them. I mean, they, they were going to run Josh Jacobs, and he got 27 carries. But my big takeaway with the Raiders isn't necessarily Derek Carr because I still wouldn't trust him. It's Darren Waller and the uh, enormous target count that he had on Monday night. And not only with the 16 targets and the 12 receptions, Mike, remember, this is a guy that scored three touchdowns last year. So in a short yarded situation, they did actually use him on the goal line. So if you did draft Darren Waller, I think that's a big boost in your confidence in moving forward for the uh, rest of the season. Yeah, I'm looking for a box and one going forward, Dan. <laughs> right? I mean, when it's all said, no, who the hell else do you have to worry about? <laughs> um, Nelson Aguilar. I, I, but, but in all seriousness, right? Edwards, two catches. Zay Jones made a great diving catch. That was his only catch of the game. Great celebration with the hand sanitizer. Renfro had three catches. Jacobs had three out of the backfield. It's one guy. He's the only guy you have to worry about. 16 targets, 12 receptions, and most of the time there wasn't anybody within 10 feet of him. Even on that touchdown play that he scraped off, it's like, how do you lose him? (laughs) Right? How do you lose this guy? He had 90 catches a year ago. So uh, all that says is look how good he is at boxing out, creating space, and giving Derek Carr a bullseye like no other his value is is going to be huge there are going to be shootouts like this or scores where you're going to have 50 to 60 points in him in them and darren waller is going to be a guy all right let's let's take week two as a whole we started out with the injuries let's specifically deal with the couple of big ones saquon barkley done for the year torn acl is this the wayne gallman show what happens with the new york giants moving forward i would suspect we see gallman a bit like we did last year uh it was Dion lewis primarily in this one why they were behind so knowing his acumen as a pass receiver you'll see him in, in those sets and probably third down and and those situations but i gotta think it's gallman and it really becomes a question of, all right, am I buying in just because he's the guy? Yeah. Because, I mean, what what is he, a back-end number two or a flex play? Because you might get some volume, right? We're certainly not looking for great things, and, and this Giants team is uh, – not good, Dan, in case, <laughs> in case you missed that. No, no, they aren't. There's There were a bunch of – teams i'm sure after week one that said all right i went in on ronald jones if he was for some reason available malcolm brown same situation um who knows what's going to happen with the rams backfield because now it could be uh jared and the hendersons i I, i'm not sure what's what's going to happen i just made that up i don't even know if it makes sense going back to the uh yeti movie i like that (laughs) but the the point is is maybe there's just an opportunity for a team and you can you can roll that dice would you you roll the dice on Mike Davis in Carolina with Christian McCaffrey out? <laughs> well, I mean, look, he's going to catch some balls, right? He's going he's gonna to catch you like he had eight receptions in comeback mode. So I, I guess you look to it there. He was in Chicago, so watched him behind the Bears' offensive line. Had flashes but could never unseat whomever was around him. So, nah, Yeah, I, I, I wasn't inspired either. 
Yeah, so, I mean, he's a guy. Like, I, I'd go back to Henderson. He's only 30% rostered at the moment. Brown's hurt. Uh, Akers has a rib injury. So, may, like, you know, we had, what, Malcolm Brown. Um, you had a fractured finger, I, I think it was, right? He should. He's going to play week three, by the way. There's, there's, he's not going to – Brown's not going to miss any time. But that backfield now just continues to be a, a bit of a mess. Yeah, I'll look for uh, creativity. That, I mean, that's the curiosity going forward with McVay, right? That's what he showed in week two. Uh, and I think he'll ride the hot hand. And certainly Henderson's a guy you were waiting on last year, at least for the moment, 121 yards on 14 touches. Should earn him a little bit of work. I am I, I am trying to figure out a way to figure out what's going on in Denver. But with the Cortland Sutton injury, not that you would want to jump on Jerry Judy or if Jerry Judy was available, but Jeff Driscoll wasn't too bad in Drew Locke's absence. I just don't know how that shakes out moving forward. Um, I wouldn't use any waiver claim or any of your, your fab on it. I would have just, you know, in a situation like that, you just, I don't know, maybe look for some value. Look for, look for receivers who stunk for the first two weeks or maybe haven't lived up to their potential maybe try to throw a trade offer out there i could i could see i could see some owners willing to maybe um trying to cut bait because a lot of people will react to the first two weeks well certainly some buy low opportunities are going to be out there based on some some early struggles and look it's never been more magnified in media than it is now right where those teams uh and whose guys have failed you like normally we can find when you have a substitute like a driscoll coming in you've got enough in the preseason and in the workouts where you can say all right second team guy is going to elevate because of an injury and these two guys have worked these guys have worked together, right? And I, I guess to some degree we'll see that with Judy, maybe just because of the athleticism you try to feed them, feed him the ball. But your chief beneficiary, at least for the moment, is going to be Noah Fant, who's going to see even more work, right? The, the guy, uh, inexperienced dude, gets the, uh, the bulk of the, the touches. But, yeah, I mean, Denver is just tough right now, the number of injuries that they've had through two weeks. I, I think just if you take them and you take the 49ers, I, I mean, I don't know if Ricky Waters is going to come back. Are we going to go back to Roger Craig? What are we going to do in that backfield? But you know, I, just for that team, I mean, I could have made a Joe Montana lame joke or or, or a Steve Bono with, with Jimmy Garoppolo's injury. There's going to be at some point where they are hurt by it. I don't know if maybe their defense won't be as good. Uh, maybe that'll help some opponents. Uh, in the offensive for for when you face the 49ers but at some point there's going to be a lot of uh, catching up to do for a team that already didn't have George Kittle against the Jets obviously didn't need him and Debo Samuel is out Um, I wouldn't even know how to put together a mass unit if you were looking at 49ers well you saw what they did to the Jets which tells you everything you need to know about the Jets my goodness I mean you had death by a thousand paper cuts in terms of the San Francisco offense and defense and yet they still blew out the Jets so more Jarek McKinnon I think he becomes more a runner he was a receiver mostly had a couple of big plays here as a runner think about that think about if you were playing the 49ers and you told the Jets 
I want you to take five guys off of the 49ers and play them on Sunday. You'd be like, all right, Bosa, gone. Uh, Kittle, out. Um, yeah, Mostert, he's pretty good, too. Let's We don't need him set. Like, that's basically what you did. Like, you could have taken the top five 49ers, and they still got boat raced at home. Like, like I, kudos to the, to the Niners, but to your point, ugh, with the Jets. I mean, that's absurd. Well, but now we got Nick Mullins if Garoppolo can't go. So we can sing, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> Rockabye. Uh, by the way, you know who they're playing in week three? The aforementioned New York football giant. Oh, yeah, the Giants, because they're at the Greenbrier. That's right. They're staying there all week. So, to hell with it, right? You could run out the second unit and probably still beat this team. I, I believe it was the G Man. I had to get that one in there. All right. Okay. Sunday night, uh, what a show by the quarterbacks. With Russell Wilson and Cam Newton, the amazing thing with what the what the Seahawks have done is Russell Wilson is on pace to throw 72 touchdown passes this season. Probably not going to get there. But what I find truly amazing with what the Seahawks have done and what Wilson has done is over these two weeks, there isn't a guy on that team that you now say you have to have that you wouldn't have drafted. Because you would have had Tyler Lockett drafted. DK Metcalf would have been drafted. Chris Carson would have been on your team. You're not going to add Carlos Hyde. You're not going to add David Moore. But it shows you on how much Russell Wilson is spreading the ball yet still getting the football in the hands. I mean, I mean, Carson's been better as a receiver in these first two weeks, but that was what was amazing to me uh, just to, to see that. And, I mean, Cam was Cam. I mean, is Cam back to being a top 10 fantasy quarterback in, in considering what we, what we saw on Sunday night and what we saw in week one against uh, the Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, back-to-back weeks. I mean, first to Seattle. Um, the thing with Russell Wilson, I think through two weeks, you, you know this as well as anyone, right? Two more inter- incompletions than touchdown passes right now through two weeks. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, but playing well and, you know, you always know he's going to bring it. I mean, I'm a little concerned about the defense. Right, I know Michael Bennett's kind of chirping, saying he'd love to finish as a Seahawk. Whether he's worth bringing back at this point, I don't know. Uh, but to try to bolster things, because Cam Newton had a lot of time to work, right? And the only guy that you can trust on a regular basis at this point is Julian Edelman uh, and Jamal Adams. Look, out of the slot, like I'll play slot receivers against Seattle all day long. Right now, right, two weeks in a row, guys had their had their way. But, you know, Newton winging the ball. Go back to 2018. I mean, he threw the ball well before he got hurt. And for him, it's all just a matter of, well, when's the hit come that takes him down? Like, while he's playing and moving well and, and the the legs are sound, he's a top 10 play back-to-back weeks, right? One week with his legs, this week with his arms. So, uh, yeah, let's get him in. Except I think he saw the yellow line. When he left, did he did, – when he at the, at the leap because he was nowhere close to the goal line. So did he see the yellow line? It's supposed to be imaginary. <laughs> the if he would have bounced it outside, no one like the Seahawks were in sellout mode. See, I thought it was going to be a naked boot out the back door. Yeah, he had, he had a lot of room. Uh, one other point to uh, to make on on the uh, the whole uh, the whole Cam Newton sort of thing combined with what the Seahawks have done, or I should say not have done, 
Cam probably didn't have to run as much because there wasn't pressure really on him uh, to pass the ball. It is also another reason, as you said, with the defense. It's why I was hot. They, the Seahawks failed to address their pass rush this offseason. They say that they may within the building, but time and time again, they were in on a lot of guys or thought to be in on a lot of guys. We know how Clowney played out. They didn't get Everson Griffin. Clay Matthews is still out there and isn't coming in. Uh, there's They needed to address it, and they failed to do so. Even though LJ Collier was their first-round pick a year ago that is finally playing this year, it, it, definitely not nearly enough, and that's why you could see Seattle continually to do this, which is kind of making the transition to – to Dak is I'm wondering if the, is is this what we're going to get more with the Cowboys in terms of of their contest and not being able to stop anyone because uh, Dak put on a fantasy show on Sunday fantasy show in that second half um, they come back they get the victory the improbable spinning dervish that mesmerized five Atlanta Falcons and they just watched it spin like a I don't even know how to describe it. It's one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. And Arthur Blank basically said, this is bullet point number three when I fire him. Uh, at some point, they didn't know what was going on. Uh, but, I mean, you look at C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper did, it, we had six for 100 for fantasy purposes, right? It, it's not the, the windfall perhaps you wanted overall because, I mean, it, it's a low WR2 performance. We'll get into that in a little bit. But and, and Michael Gallup was a no-show, but you still move the ball. Zeke, that trucking of dude at the goal line is about as good as you get. And if Dak's going to call his own number like that for fantasy purposes, <laughs> you, you might as well just start dancing now if, if you're going to get those kind of touchdown numbers, right? Because we always talk about those as bonuses, right? Wing the ball around, get me my 275 and two. And then if you're going to run a bit, uh, you know, we're, now we're into uh, bonus time, and that defense is no good. No Van Der Esch, no Sean Lee. We talk about the the fact that the offensive line held together as well as it did in the second half. Another indictment of what Dan Quinn's got going in Atlanta, right? I mean, there's no pressure. He's standing pretty in the pocket. It's like there there's plenty of time in this game. Yeah. The one thing going against the Cowboys is they're not likely to fumble, fumble, fail on a fake punt and fumble in their first uh, four possessions like they did on Sunday. But I don't expect uh, many stops. And when you look ahead to week three, you've got a Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson matchup where we just talked about the Seahawks issues on defense. Dallas has their own issues. Maybe it's a continuation heading into this weekend. Looks like another big shootout. I I think the over under on this one's in the low 50s uh, as we start the week. Man, there's no stopping, right? Dallas has no pass rush. Seattle has no pass rush. Those guys should be able to sit back and make big plays downfield. So uh, I think we all win. It'll make your heart rate fluctuate, Dan. I, I know watching the Seahawks, we were talking about that a little bit, Jason Smith and I. You know, in Chicago, they were, they're were they 2-0, and and they're still calling saying, I can't watch this team. <laughs> It's three hours of damn torture watching this team. It's like, but you're 2-0. and It's like, it doesn't matter. The Seahawks actually – in their recent history have been slow starters 
where we, you look, you come in week one, you're like, this is what we have. Like last year, they only beat Cincinnati uh, by about a point. Uh, I think they, they won by one. I remember a few years back, they ended up losing in Denver and they lost in Chicago on a Monday night game. They had an opener where they lost to Green Bay uh, a few years back. So there's they've been notorious a slow starter this year. That is not the case and likely fantasy wise to continue in week three. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer, Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. 
to start listening. Speaking of fast starts, I got to tip our hat to our celebrities because it's time for... Even celebrities have fantasies. Two chicks at the same time, man. Who better to set your starting lineup than the stars themselves? Hey, what's going on? It's Nick Lachey. Hi, this is Daryl Hall. And this is John Oates. This is Snoop Deagle Double G. Hi, this is Bob Eubanks from the Newlywed Game. They rack them, we rank them. It's Celebrity Selections. All right, in week two, our celebrity contestant was comedian Jeff Cesario. And he played Aaron Rodgers of the Packers against the Lions, played Raheem Mostert of the Niners against the Jets, and his wide receiver slash tight end that he took, wide receiver or tight end, took DeAndre Hopkins of the Cardinals against Washington, did not have enough to pass Josephine Scriver for first place, who had 65.5 points for week one. But Jeff had 60.7 points and didn't get a second half from Raheem Mostert. So this is going to be a pretty good score, I think, uh, throughout the season. But it's, oh, what could have been if Mostert would have been available uh, later for the Niners. Especially when he hits 23 miles per hour going down the sideline. (laughs) Good God, he may be the fastest land mammal when he's right. So, I mean, I got to see. Like, what's his speed going to be while he's got an injury? 15? <laughs> uh, I think it was it was it was either ESPN or the NFL Network. Maybe it was NBC. I can't remember. But they they put a stat up that said how many defenders touched Raheem Mostert on his touchdown run, and it just stayed at zero. And I thought it was very clever. So kudos to the graphic department for uh, thinking about that. Uh, if Raheem Mostert would have been there for the Niners uh, in their game against the Jets, maybe Jeff Cesario could have passed Josephine Scriver. But right now, he's going to have to sit in second place with his 60.7 total. Uh, we've got one heck of a celebrity coming up. I already know who it is for this weekend, and it's, uh, it's going to be good, but we'll have to reveal that in our next podcast but i feel that uh i left my uh, heart in paris this past weekend because it's time to dive in to our epic fails let's hear it epic fail okay i have got a bunch mike this is this is where i feel really bad but i also don't feel as bad as maybe i would think because uh, we make predictions each week and i'll throw stuff out there you'll put stuff out there because you don't throw stuff out there like I do because you have your research, you have your numbers. It's not that I don't do my research. I just don't do what you do. But I had a bunch of predictions and they all stunk. Okay, this is this is what I told you a week ago and then we could get to yours. I told you to play Paris Campbell. Epic fail. I hope I didn't call him Paris Hilton, but by the way, that's a great combo for the Colts wide receivers, Paris and Hilton. How does, has anybody ever thought about this? Is this new? Am I, maybe I'm late to the party? I can't say that uh, that I have, but I mean, now you got it, so let's go. <laughs> so I told you to play Paris Campbell. That was an epic fail. In my give me one reason where I put give me one reason to play Paris Campbell, now he got hurt, so that's not necessarily my fault. I said don't play Russell Wilson because it'll be the toughest defense he faces. He only threw five touchdown passes on Sunday nights. Epic fail. Yeah, he was only sixth amongst quarterbacks, though, so you did okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said that C.D. Lamb would get into the end zone. I even did a song. That was a huge epic fail. 
Uh, I I told a tweeter to play Naheem Hines over Deontay Johnson. I just didn't get it until afterwards. By the way, find us on Twitter at I Want Your Flex at Swollen Dome and at Dan Beyer on Fox. I was still on the Scotty Miller train. He had two catches. Epic fail. Another epic fail. And I said Josh Jacobs would be in the end zone twice on Monday night. Epic fail. Uh, and there were probably more. Uh, I completely failed you in week two. I promised to bounce back in week three. What did you ha- What did you hit? What did you miss in week two, Mike? All right. Well, we'll start with the hits because eventually I got to go to the confessional. Uh, between the podcast and what we do, I mean, all the fantasy hits or whatever, I'll take some credit for being – I mentioned Murray Cooper before. I was not – thinking he would have the big game, that it would be spread around, right? Getting to C.D. Lamb and, and a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. Six for 100, but that's 23rd at 16 points in a PPR league. So I'm going to take the win. Uh, Deontay Johnson just backing backing up the Brinks truck with that guy. And you look at it for week three, they got Houston. Hmm. So you're feeling pretty good again, right? Uh, Miles Sanders in his return, I had more faith than I should have in the Eagles. So part of my one nine hundred lose my ass uh, challenge, the Eagles were one of the teams I picked. So I owe five miles on a treadmill. <laughs> uh, David Montgomery uh, had one hundred twenty-seven total yards with a touchdown, a nifty play by Mitch Trubisky early. Uh, that was good for eighth amongst running backs. Tannehill with his two thirty-nine and four. That's twenty-six fantasy points. We'll take it. It was the Jaguars. You know, so we'll we'll take the wins where they come. Uh, and then in in Miami, while it wasn't a monster performance, a full eighty total yards, including six receptions, made uh, Gaskin the twenty second best scoring running back, which means it's starter numbers, right? And that's all you're looking for that he doesn't fall off. Now, for the laundry list of fails, like I'm in a confessional going back when Catholic school as a kid, Tom Brady. I had him as my number five quarterback. 8.7 fantasy points, Dan. 29th for the flipping week. <laughs> That's what you got out of Tom Brady as Leonard Fournette ran wild. And don't forget about Ronald Jones. He got into the end zone because this is a tag, tag team play. He got into the end zone, but he lost that fumble, and that we never saw him again. Epic fail. That was it. Bruce Arians said, I'll see you in hell. It was almost like Bill Belichick was coaching. He's like, I got another guy. You know what? Meet the new guy. He's taking your your reps, and he's going to run people over. Uh, 102 yards in a, in a couple of scores for uh, Fournette. Uh, Lazard, 3 for 45. That was 68th amongst wide receivers. Uh, Adams, 3 for 36. Look, we all got hurt because of the, the hamstring injury. Uh, David Johnson, expecting some work in garbage time as a receiver. No, I didn't get that. Uh, he was 47th for the week, just finishing with uh, 50 total yards. Epic fail. And Todd Gurley gave me all of 61 uh, rushing yards that was good for 50th among running backs so uh let's bounce back let's let's find some wins uh the vikings are trying to find some wins so are the philadelphia eagles 
the you, you mentioned the Miles Sanders, which was really the only positive that Philadelphia got on Sunday was he he had a, a decent game in his season debut. There are zero positives when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings after two weeks. None. I can't I can't even make up one of what would be positive for the Vikings. And then. You talk about the Jets and Texans. Now, I'm, I'm willing to give the Texans a bit of a a pass because it's Chiefs and Ravens to start out something that we talked about. But just to just to look how they were just overmatched and what you saw was the cream of the crop in the AFC and they saw it for the last two weeks and to see where they are uh, for fantasy wise. I, you got to still play Deshaun Watson, I think, and maybe you still play David Johnson, but that's the only two guys that I would think about with the Texans. The other teams, I, you know, I, I still stick with Thielen, but and obviously you're going to stick with Dalvin Cook, and you're going to like uh, Miles Sanders, but I can't find any value in any of those teams. I point them out because there are, there are other 0-2 teams, but I think those teams and the way that they've lost and how they've gone about it stand out more than the others that are winless so far. I mean, with Philadelphia, you would think they were in a spot for a bounce back. Not not necessarily that they win outright, but we don't know what the Rams are. We know Aaron Donald can throw people around, but Lane Johnson coming back to that Philly offensive line thought continuity, you got your veteran back. So Carson Wentz will be more comfortable. Look, you don't trust any of the receivers outside Ertz and Goddard. I mean, we know that. I mean, I'm not trusting Deshaun Jackson in my lineup until, well, maybe this week after everybody's hurt. But, you know, I'm not going anywhere. Near that. Like Carson Wentz right now, we'll get to waiver wires. I might be looking at his backup as a stash and wait and see if this if the rails truly uh, come off of this thing. Uh, we, we go through and, th- wow, it's, it's – it's just so bad. Yeah, it, I mean, it, there's no one on the Jets, right? I mean, you're not playing anybody. No, the Jet, the Jets are done unless it goes back to the Giants, right? Unless they pick one guy and you say, like, like Michael P. Ryan ends up becoming the starter, and they just say, let's see what the kid has. Well, he's still playing behind a garbage offensive line with no wide receivers, and Sam Darnold looks worse than all of the first and second year quarterbacks that are playing. Well, it's it's. Man, if I'm if I'm a Vikings or Eagles fan or a Texans fan, and the hope that you had, I had Deshaun Watson as my MVP. I I, I was debating either him, uh, Russell, uh, Kyler Murray were were my three, and I'm not saying it because Wilson and Murray are likely your front runners right now. But the point being is, I just thought that maybe Deshaun would shoulder a lot of the load; they'd have success. You know, like, look at what he did without DeAndre Hopkins. This is Deshaun Watson. And I just watched on Sunday, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Will Fuller's hurt again, and he's getting stretched on the sidelines, and they've got nothing. Yeah, I mean, he's hurt again. Uh, Watson finishes 21st for the week. You got the fighting, infighting a little bit. J.J. Watt calling out teammates, right? Uh, The ejection that you know he wasn't happy with so a little bit of discord and and you know my feelings on bill o'brien i rarely call for coaches to be fired you lose a playoff game in that fashion i don't care you got me from a to b so i'm always in the playoffs but if you can't get me past b to where we're at least making progress towards c you're done right and you traded away a lot of talent and you trade away a guy who shows up 
basically puts his bag on the sideline and starts catching 15 flipping balls a game. So, I mean, <laughs> you gave that away, and, and now you look at, well, the schedule makers did them no favor. Uh, I wanted to go back to Minnesota for a second. Does Daniel Hunter coming back after week three solve anything? I say no. No. I, no, I don't, I don't think so either. And there's more questions about Kirk Cousins and that offense and the absence of Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs and his 153-1 and one for the Bills this week. <laughs> oh, man, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. I'll make, I'll make a, the, the days of the Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Jake Reed trio – are a long, long ways away when you see what uh, you've got with Kirk Cousins and what he's got to throw to in Minnesota right now. Uh, it seems like Def- uh, Devontae Freeman has been in the NFL since we've been uh, growing up. Actually, I do remember him at Florida State, so that's a bad joke. The point being, he's not on a team right now but could be headed to New York. Let's look at the weekend waiver wire heading into week three. What do you see on the waiver wire that could be appealing for people needing some help entering week trace? Well, if Jack Doyle's still out, you got Mo Alley Cox, five for one eleven, uh, and shot put Philip Rivers is looking for a little bit of love. You were mentioning Paris Hilton, uh, so Paris Campbell's out a while. T. Y. Hilton, snap counts down. You're seeing more of Michael Pittman. Why he helps in the run game? So he's a curiosity. I don't think I'm drive. Uh, I'm picking him up yet, but six catches, eight targets, 47 yards, hardly rostered in any league. So I think we push that away for the moment. Uh, Robbie Anderson getting a big target count, 18 and through two weeks. Uh, he's only uh, rostered in 38% of leagues. Russell Gage despite the monster week one. And if Julio Jones would catch that ball, you would have gotten some extra big bonus points. And maybe we would have never had an onside kick. Catch the ball, Julio. Your fantasy fantasy owners were really upset with you. Uh, but Gage has already got 21 targets on the year, Dan. Uh, and you're seeing a pretty good snap count, 160 yards. And he's available in about 80% of leagues. Keelan Cole. Look, our favorite guy. I mean, I, I might actually order a Gardner Minshew jersey. I don't wear jerseys anymore. I might ex- eventually try to find some connection to get one signed from my wall. I just love the way that kid plays. So Keelan Cole and obviously Minshew himself is still available in two-thirds of leagues. right? People haven't gone on board that. And you look at their week three matchup. They got Miami at home. So you got another opportunity for Minshew Mania to continue. Uh, we talked a lot about the the running backs earlier, so folks can refer that to. Uh, and one last one, uh, good old rookie Joe Burrow. I've got two sneaky ones that I, I want to get your opinion on. But Joe Burrow is uh, available in an awful lot of leagues, 509, 3-1 through the first two weeks. And you look at the week three matchup for them, he's on the road at Philly. So some opportunity, again, against a bad team. I I like Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow in two quarterback leagues, uh, depending on the matchup and who you have as your other guy. Uh, I like Joe Burrow uh, that much because I I, I also think they're going to be down. I don't don't think they're going to be throwing the football. Joe Mixon and the running game is yet to really take off, but I think that Joe Burrow is still going to get his. And the the other name that I was going to bring up, because I think there's more to it no matter what Anthony Lynn says, is 
is Justin Herbert's got the Panthers this week if he ends up being the starting quarterback, which I actually think that he will be the starting quarterback in week three. So if you're in a, a, a tough spot or you're trying to figure out, all right, well, this isn't working for me. If Justin Herbert's out there, why not take a chance with it? Because I actually think there is a likelihood that he stays the quarterback no matter what Anthony Lynn is trying to tell us. Oh, I concur. I, I think there's more to this, right? Because it was secret. Nobody knew anything. And, you know, I'm sitting there in our our break room, our kitchen with the eight box up, and I just yell, Herbert's head! And again, everybody with the mad scramble to make sure that became the, the focal point. Uh, he finished 13th among quarterbacks, 311, 1-1, one one, had the rushing touchdown. So there's value there. Uh, I, I think he plays this week. I really do. Why, why would you rush Taylor back? Now, I understand some of the red, red, reticence to do so. Get that word out. Uh, and Anthony Lynn kind of backing it down, right? Taylor was his guy in Buffalo. Taylor was kind of his hand-picked guy to lead this team going forward. Post-Phillip, ball control, defense, get it done. But you can't deny the spark that the kid came and played with. But the idea is if he then struggles in week five, do you pull him? Right? Once you commit to Justin Herbert, you committed to Justin Herbert, right? So you're going to take the good to take the bad, like the facts of life, versus to Rod Taylor. You might win games 17-13, 20-13, and it won't be sexy, and L.A. won't jump on board because they're too busy celebrating whatever the hell LeBron's doing. But... I, I'm wondering if that isn't part of his logic, saying if it does go south and then you pull him, do you lose him? Do you lose the city? Do you lose your job? Yeah, I, I don't think you have to worry about that. And I think head coaches now need to realize, because Hugh Jackson didn't do it, uh, John Harbaugh did, and it saved his job in Baltimore, and look where they are now. You attach yourself to the young guy as soon as you can. That, that, that's the only way that you do it. You don't hold on and hang on. And I think Anthony Lynn is saying this stuff because he knows Terod Taylor isn't ready. So you continue this message and saying, look, I'm going to stick by my guy, knowing that your guy isn't going to be there, and it doesn't seem like you're handing Herbert anything i don't think that they turn back and and listen they're a i told you last week they're a 16 point per game team anyway with tarod taylor so you might as well have justin herbert be the quarterback of that team and that's what i think you're going to see moving forward i got no issue with that i if you ran for government offices with that platform i would vote for you i got two guys to stash ready long-term plays if you got a deep enough bench jalen hurts and Jameis winston If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. 
like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. All right, let's look ahead to week three, the Thursday night affair. If you want to get guys in, it is Dolphins at Jaguars. Battle of Florida. Again, the NFL knows what they're doing. They're like, well, we could have that small television window where only two markets get this game, or we could just splash it all over Thursday night football on the NFL network before it goes to Fox. But you got the Fins, you got the Jaguars. Do you look for a Keelan Cole this week? Uh, Mike Gesicki, I, I'm saying get sick with Gesicki because he was off the charts. There, there's, there's some plays here, I think, at Dolphins-Jaguars Thursday night. Yeah, he's definitely in. That one-handed grab he made uh, against the Bills was just flat-out ridiculous and, and should be on a shirt somewhere because he looked like he was sprawled out like make, making snow angels. He was great at Penn State, too. Like, I, I remember him playing. And, and so to see what he does, because he doesn't look like it in, in his uniform, but he's he's great. He's magnificent. Eight for 130 and a score this past week. Uh, Gaskin, again, he, he may not rush for a ton of yards, but he'll, he'll get it done in the passing game as well. So I'm looking at touch, touch counts. Eventually, I think Matt Breida factors in, but for now, you got some plus matchups. Let's get Gaskin in. Minshew we talked about. Cole we get in. Certainly you're playing them. And then James Robinson's a 
a beast right now, right? 16, 102 and a score, three for 18 out of the backfield, 35 touches over two weeks. So uh, there's value to be had here. So let's get it. Uh, Devontae Parker, tough start for the for the Dolphins in their schedule wise, but got in the end zone against the Bills in week two. So you start off Patriots, Bills. I think Parker uh, is it. I think he's an obvious play on Thursday night. Preston Williams and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick are not on the same page right now. Week one, seven targets, two catches. Week two, five targets, just one reception. Not that you're dying to play Preston Williams right now, but I think that that's uh, a ways down the line. So I would hold off on him. All right, let's wrap this baby up. Three-point conversion. Three things you need to know before we meet again, Mike. All right, backup, backup, backup. On the waiver wire, whoever you have at your running back position, if their backup is available, go claim them, okay? Attrition is going to be a real thing. Uh, Pittsburgh, the continued feast. They've got Houston Everybody plays, everybody wins. I could make an argument that Claypool sees the back end of your uh, wide receiver three position. Uh, and then uh, as we, we go through, uh, double down on Joe Cool. Like I said, give me, uh, give me some more Joe Burrow. And tagging on that, if I can give a guy a six-pack, I'm trading for A.J. Green. You saw the huge target count last week. I don't think he's done. I think he's just getting himself right again. And I think there's some, some dividends to be paid second half of this year. If I don't have Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott or any one of those top five quarterbacks, I'm starting Fitz or Minshew on Thursday night. Why not give yourself a reason to watch that game? I I, I would do so because I think they're also going to put up some points. So there's my uh, first of the three-point conversion. Don't ditch Adam Thielen yet. Just don't I, I, I don't have high hopes for the Vikings, but you're not going to get the value uh, for him if you were to trade. You might as well try to see this through at some point. So there's no point in ditching him. It's just like if a stock dips, just wait, wait it out. It could get up. Maybe you can sell at a bit of a later time. And again, don't believe Anthony Lynn. Justin Herbert's going to remain the quarterback of the Chargers. Don't buy this. Terod Taylor's going to be the guy. Terod Taylor's not going to be ready. So that's why you can say that. And Justin Herbert's going to start week three against the Panthers. Hey, Dan, why is it Herbert, not Abear? <laughs> because Abear is H-E-B. And so this is the H-E-R. Get Mike Harmon on Twitter at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. You can get the show podcast uh, Twitter handle at I Want Your Flex. Send us in your questions as well. We'll read them on the show, especially if you have a lot of questions heading into week three. This show has been executive produced by the one and the only Lee DeLap. You can get Lee on Twitter at Lee DeLap. And... We'll do this again in a couple of days. How about that, Mike Arman? We're going to celebrate Fitzpatrick and Gardner Minshew. I might start growing my mustache out. I can't wait. We'll throw on the Jimmy Buffett and have a good time. We'll talk to you then. Peace. Peace. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.